you know this, I didn't mention it before we started recording, but this is our 10th episode. Big one zero double digits. Look at us now. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're 10. (laughs) So congratulations. Yeah, we put up with we put up with each other for ten whole months. But tell whole ten whole months. I can't even speak tonight. Wow. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Off to a great start. Off to a great start. And that's okay. And you're probably missing. We're we are missing one person. Dennis couldn't be here, so it's just me, Harold, and Lewis today. But I still think we have a lot to talk about here in this episode. Um, Dennis, who? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, he he's the guy. He's the guy that's going to be editing and uh, producing this episode. I know. Janice, you can also edit whatever I just said. It's a joke. <laughs> Love you, bro. Miss you, man. We miss you. You're missed. Um, but I still think that we we have a lot to talk about. And I, I wanted to kick it first to Lewis. I think Lewis has a little bit of news. Wait, hold on. Before yeah, so- Lou, before, wait, before you go, Lou, I, I want to do something real quick, if you don't mind. Sure. This is uh, Lou's news. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, the Vuvuzuelas are back. Yes. Here. In, they, in never this style, <laughs> they never went out of style, baby. They never went out of style, baby. Okay, lose news. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, well, today actually not a lot. Of, uh, I know for the Dorkiest Thailand, we don't usually do our, you know, when me, when this is me, Dennis and Harold, we usually like to do a little section we call poopery, where we just talk about whatever new hot things out there or what whatever it is that's got people talking. But for today, I wanted to kind of introduce it to us here because a trailer just dropped that's, you know, kind of near and uh, dear to a lot of our conversations on the uh, Dorkiest Timeline. Like I mentioned, this is already 10 episodes deep. Uh, a few episodes back, we talked about Filipinos and representation. So tonight, or, you know, today, on that note, Joe Boy, international comedian, a guy who sells out, you know, the forum and, and all that good stuff, uh, has, you know, cameos on, on Netflix TV shows and Chelsea Handler's boy toy for now, um, has dropped the newest trailer for his new movie, a wide release movie, Easter Sunday. So it's got a lot of uh, the community talking. So, you know, I guess happy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month to everyone because uh, Jokoi just kind of gifted the community a little something, something. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody here has had a chance to watch the, uh, I think it's only a two, two and a half minute trailer where, uh, yeah, it's, we're, 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 it looks like it's going to be a, a fun little comedy. Uh, based around, uh, obviously, if you haven't heard any of Jokoi's, uh, or if you've heard Jokoi's stand-up and most of his material, you know, he loves to, to, to kind of make fun and have fun at the uh, at the expense of his mom and his family. So it looks like we, we're getting a full-blown movie uh, from uh, from Jokoi, from the mind of Jokoi. So, yeah, like I said, we, in the past, we've talked about representation and what it takes to get there and how is it or why is it that Filipino-American culture uh, hasn't really kind of broken that threshold? We're there, but we're not quite there. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I want to ask you two um, first thoughts on this movie. Or on the trailer, at least. Sorry, not the movie, but I haven't, seen, haven't had a chance to see it. But, yeah, uh, thoughts on the trailer? I'm excited. I uh, This has... Uh, just watching the two minutes or two and a half minute trailer, I 
I recognize so many parts of my family. Like I could pick out, oh yeah, my mom and aunt do the same thing. They are they fighting for no reason? Are we not talking to her right now? Oh, now we're talking to her. Like that, like those little specific details, not to mention the the set design, like everything is so familiar. And I'm so happy that there's something like this on the big screen for the world to see and kind, you know, experience alongside with us. Mm-hmm. Quickly, I know Harold, I, I want I want you to talk also, but quickly, I wanna I wanna say in a in in our representation podcast, I met I talked about we have to make, we have to create it, right? Or because we are waiting for that catalyst to put us, you know, in 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 the forefront, in the public eye. And I think this is the catalyst. I think this, I mean, I'm hoping it to be that this can be the catalyst to, you know, open the world up to what Filipino American culture is in the eyes of Jokoi. Um, right. Cause it's, it is different, but for everyone, cause we all have our own different experiences, but I think, I think it's great. I'm, I'm excited. Harold. Lewis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm encouraged on this one, dude. I mean, uh, I am the guy who's, who's, who's actually seen Joe Coy live at the forum. I've gone there with my wife. I've seen his specials on Netflix. Um, so I'm rooting for it, dude. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I like what I've seen so far. I think it's got enough, uh, you know, it, it, dude's got enough cash out there to like, you know, to 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 pull some eyeballs basically, and um, it looks interesting. And and what what actually surprises me too is it looks well made. Um, you know, not to knock you know the YouTube movies or the smaller productions, but this looks like a really well made comedy. It looks like the kind of comedy that you would see. I'm about to say something that's gonna upset Harold, but it looks like a, a Kevin Hart comedy you know it, it's well produced well made it looks like something that's cared for and uh, actually like curated to to sell to a larger audience so um for the two minute trailer i'm sold i'm sold i i think my wife and i are gonna go see it opening uh, you know opening weekend uh should be good for uh, some laughs if you're into that but yeah i, I like it Wow, opening weekend. That's a big commitment for you, Lewis. I know. I can't even. I, I mean, Doctor Strange opens this weekend. I still haven't bought my tickets yet. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm lapsing here. That's something. And you guys, yeah. So, Harold? Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to stay in the positives here, obviously. Uh, yes, the fact that we are finally getting a mainstream uh, Hollywood film, you know, help being made by Steven Spielberg of all people. Uh, and, really? okay. Yes, he, he's wow. like one of the producers, I believe. Um, he helped get it made. So good for them. I mean, um, Joe Coy has been doing a great uh, service to our culture. I mean, not the greatest of uh, impressions, but uh, <laughs> for, for what people know, you know, uh, um, like a generic version of, I mean, uh, of... Uh, uh, of like the Filipino culture, that's fine. I mean, for us, you know, getting to see some things in our family that we get, you know, that we've experienced personally and then seeing it on a screen, that's kind of always been the dream for like every culture is like anytime you get to see any kind of representation of not just, you know, something similar to you, but actually really about your culture and about your background, that's a big win. It's a big win for the Filipino uh, community. Um, congratulations to everybody involved. I know a couple people who are uh, helping with it, so good for them. And then, you know, he has that yeah. TV show coming out soon. 
Um, the only problem I have with it so far is as somebody who has been uh, you know I, I've been I've done like a million PCNs <laughs> and it just it the story line just seems very PCN-ish so like I, I kind of <laughs> PCN-ish but if he had you know gone a little bit uh, further extended but I get it it's supposed to be an introduction into how Filipino families are because like we uh, we laugh harder at PCNs or shows like that because we know exactly what those characters are going through or if we mm-hmm. didn't personally write them we know somebody just like them so I get that um, and it just from where it's going right now I like it I like the fact that they are using um, uh, mainstream character mainstream actors like mm-hmm. Honestly, like even though you made it as a kind of a not a, so much of a joke, but like having Tiffany Haddish there does make it feel like it's a Kevin Hart movie. And that's kind of the thing I have with Joe Coy is I laugh as much as his comedy as I do at Kevin Hart's. So it's kind of like 50, 35, 65. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, it's just, it's not my style of comedy. I, I'm, I am, you know, but, um, we have to support projects like this because yeah. if a project like this, where we, we can talk as much as about how we um, support our culture, we, we, you know, we support our community. If we don't show support to projects like this, then there will be no future projects. Exactly. And, and it's not even like um, doing it just because just for the culture it's, it's for future versions of the culture. So if yeah. I am crapping on it now and I haven't seen it yet, but eventually I do see it and I'm like, okay, it, it was, it was a movie, I guess. But like, um, that means that the, ver- the vision I see for Filipino cinema will not get made unless we support the current version that um, mm-hmm. is supposed to be the first representation. So it, 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 for the Filipino community, we love being the people who are like, Hey, that person's Filipino. Um, let's 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 raise them up and everything so we have to help out with this movie and uh i think out of anything i was more impressed that tia carrera is still kind of a hottie oh yes so excited to see her oh she's gorgeous yeah Ah, i love her she gets a yeah she she gets a uh michael b jordan hey auntie from me because Hey, Auntie, dude. <laughs> I like it. Louis, you mentioned watching um, Joe Coy at the forum doing stand up. Fun fact Joe Coy used to open for Room to Improv back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Whoa. Back wow. in the early, when we first started, um, uh, quickly, Room to Improv is an Asian American improvisational troupe serving the LA community and beyond. And, um, uh, this year we're celebrating our 20th year. Yes, we haven't done a, a sh- shows for a few years because of COVID, but hopefully that's ramping up again. Anyway, back in the day when Room to Improv first started, we used to have an opening comedian kind of like to warm up the crowd. Then we do, um, then we do our improv games, our short form like whose line is it anyway games, and then we'll have the comedian come out and do improv games with us to like close it out. Joel Coy was one of those guys he's done a couple shows so it's really nice to see him where he is now oh my gosh how big selling out the forum multiple nights at the forum that's 
yeah. major. That's major. And to see him to kind of like play with him in the early 2000s and seeing him now, it's just incredible. And it, it, I'm excited. We got to support. I am too. So um, on that note, let's uh, hate to be the guy, but let's flip it around a little bit. So Harold already mentioned that, you know, Curzio um, was talking about celebrating this, obviously a huge accomplishment. And obviously Harold already mentioned the fact that we got to, you know, we got to support it. It's almost like we got to support this in order for the, uh, you know, for the other projects to, to come to mind. Uh, what, what are the thoughts? Because, uh, you know, like I said, trailers only been out literally one day, but of course, we already hear, you know, some uh, negative thoughts about it already. So, I mean, I, I guess it kind of comes part and parcel with anything in pop culture, anything that makes it too big. Um, you know, you're, you're bound to uh, hear some negative ne- negativity and all that good stuff. So uh, thoughts on that? Um, I'm going to go really quickly. One of our friends made the point. Uh, I'm going to bring him up later because he's part of uh, my story for later. But uh, he brought up the point that as much as we have, and this is the thing is we can't have everything all at once it's like we, right. we we have to take the things that we're allowed to have or, or we're given and we get to run with it but as much as there's representation of uh filipinos and asian americans on the screen for this movie um apparently there's not as much in the uh behind the camera so i mean th- that's always going to be a tough thing it's like we're you might we might be asking for too much right away like give us a chance to develop, let the story play out in front of everybody. And um, if there is a chance, people behind the scenes maybe get their chances because of the fact that maybe they were somehow involved or they have some kind of, they, they, they play some kind of part or they have the, the, the connections to, you know, somehow be the directors, be the producers and whatnot. So, I mean, that's just one of the complaints that I've heard. Um, and the other complaint that I've heard is that it is a little too, too Filipino generalized and that it might not play well to bigger audiences because bigger audiences see this commercial and they're like, it's about a family, but it's about a Filipino family. And how many Filipino families do we know? So it's like, mm-hmm. where do we, there, there's no good balance at the, at the moment. So how are they going to figure that out? I don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. But I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic because if, in the scheme of things, like, you know, crazy rich Asians kind of had the same thing. It's like, you know, it's it looks like it's a movie, a rom-com about uh, some Taiwanese or some Chinese-American uh, couple. Like, maybe there's nothing in there. But, you know, uh, after it came out, you know, word of mouth got out and uh, obviously crazy rich Asians was the success that it was. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that, yeah, you're right, H. Uh, you know, from from a, at first glance, it, it does look very like very much like a, a well-made PCN. So maybe, yeah, hopefully there's a, a hook for the rest of the audience to, have to go out there because you're right. I don't think any big budget movie is going to be able to sustain itself just by the power of like the Filipino community. Uh, you know, as much as we love to be to think that we're out there, I think uh, population-wise, we're not exactly you know uh, filling out stadiums by ourselves. Oh, well, Joker technically did. But, um, well, Joker filled it out, but, like, you know, he made the joke himself of, like, Filipino girls and their white boyfriends. So, you know, maybe they'll bring them uh, a lot to the movie, too. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, um, but uh, going back to what Harold said about behind the camera, like, people are complaining that there aren't enough people behind the camera of Filipino, like, with Filipino backgrounds. 
I, I think that's just Asian, maybe being specific, but I think it's yeah. because like, you know, um, Joe Koi wrote it. So obviously he's behind the camera, but he's also talent in front of the camera. But mm-hmm. people were saying maybe if you're filming in a Filipino American family movie, give some uh, you know, like assistant directors or like even like sure. somebody with just like a shot or something. Like, yeah. Like if I get this it. is the shot, maybe go all in on the first one, but maybe that just isn't the strategy that we should be going with right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a start, right? And yes. And let this be a learning. You know, I talk about maybe I mentioned this being a catalyst. Maybe this will also be the start of people of color, Filipino Americans looking for these roles behind the camera and not just in front of it. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know about, okay, my, uh, my husband works in, in production, right? And he's telling me about all these roles behind the camera. And there's so many, so yeah. many, like I've never even heard of. So maybe this can uh, provide an opportunity to show us and people around us that these jobs exist and Mm -hmm. there's you know we can do this too and then we can create our own stories Mm -hmm. um and put it out there um I think I think that's part of it just like a knowledge and I mean we can get into maybe the pressures of Filipino parents to for their kids to pursue the medical career not like an arts career etc I think there's just a lot of layers and maybe we can save that for another conversation um but I think I think it can be a start because not I mean how many other movies have we had complaints about not their yeah not not having enough women, you know, behind the camera or uh, other people of color. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is absolutely a start and a learning opportunity to have other people of color behind the camera as well. But I think that's a very interesting point that that there's some complaints about it. Yeah, I, I can, I can kind of see the point. I mean, it's not like a one-to-one, you know, the, the Black experience isn't the same as Filipino-American experience, but, like, I can see what you mean, like, with Tyler Perry, how she's, he's able to produce his own movies, and that's Black-produced, Black-made, Black-acted, Black-everything. So Black studio, his studio. Right. He like, created his yeah. own world. Yeah, yeah he, he has his own little Marvel universe, a, a cinematic universe of, of Medea. And, yeah. You know, so he's got to start somewhere, so... Maybe it's going to be like this. I mean, I, I don't know, you know uh, what the background is or how uh, Joe Floyd got this movie greenlit. But yeah, I, I'm with you too, H. I'm hoping that this takes off well enough that eventually we'll get our own Filipino version of something about Mary or our own Bridesmaids or that kind of comedy that like is, is top notch and it's not low hanging fruit and it doesn't smell like another PCN. But uh, like what you've already established, I think it's got to go baby steps. I mean, the fact that you know, we even have a comedian who's, like I said, sold out stadiums all over literally the country. Uh, the, the country, uh, you know, uh, he's, got a, he's got shows on Netflix. So, I mean, like, I, I guess, not, again, it's not like a one-to-one thing, but like it's similar to like Manny Pacquiao, I guess. You know, we got to start somewhere. And now, you know, for, uh, you know, hopefully, like, like I said, some kid out there, some college kid or some high school kid is going to be uh, motivated or inspired to, if he can't be the guy in front of the camera, he can be somebody behind the camera. I mean, we've talked to our friend and his friend Earl uh, who, and other people in production. I mean, Jay Levas of the world who made you know, Trece, you know, it was a pipe dream to make a cartoon or a cartoon series about Filipino comics. 
and it's done. You know, we take uh, not that we take it for granted because we all binge it, and I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that season two comes out sooner than later. But um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, we're getting there. So you know, we got to keep uh, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep supporting. I guess uh, you know, with the not not necessarily uh, supporting blindly and like pushing it. Yes, of course, we have to be critical of each other as well, just to kind of improve or you know. Uh, better the arts, I guess, but um, at least we're there. At least we're in the field. Does that make sense? Exactly. So anyway, yeah. So pretty, uh, uh, pretty good little talk. About wait, I, I just had one quick question about the uh, the title of the film or the plot of the film itself. Um, is Easter Sunday a big deal in your families? <laughs> it used be to honest. be. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's nice because we get to hang out at my at my mom's house, but I don't know. I only have, I, I've only been you know what, 10, 14 years removed from living from at my home, so I don't know. Maybe when I'm fifty or however old Jokwe is with a, with a teenage or whatever old actually no, I do have teenage sons. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, not really. But I guess you you have to have your like a PCM. You have to have your gimmick and kind of hook on hook on to it. I guess. <laughs> I think just maybe that there. This is the one uh, holiday that people haven't really been focused on movies yet, so it's a good hook. It's an easy hook. So yeah, I yeah. agree. And then it, you can play it every Easter, maybe. Exactly. Like like at Thanksgiving, <laughs> they only show one film, and it's planes, trains, and automobiles, because it's the <laughs> one. It's the one Thanksgiving themed movie. There's, there's a billion. You know, there's a billion Christmas movies, but mm-hmm. if we're if we call some people, you know, C and E Catholics, where you only go to Christmas and Easter, you know, you're yeah. missing that other holiday. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you, 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 I can only watch Hop so many times. You're right. <laughs> we can add this to the rotation. All right, exactly. well, good conversation. Good conversation about a, a, literally a two minute long trailer. But uh, again, looking forward to it. And back to you, Kirsch. Yeah, um, I think the main topic for the day, I, I've i just had some really cool experiences um, with other people who are like me. So I wanted to talk about, <laughs> I, I think Harold said it best earlier before we were, we started recording. I wanted to talk about fandom and friendship. Oh. Fandom and friendship. Um, I... I just, I, let me just start by saying this. I went to WonderCon, um, the witch had, which was from, you know, NASA. it's been, it's been like a month ago, <laughs> a month ago. Uh, and, um, and that was my first Comic-Con. And I wanted to talk about, well, have you guys have been to cons, right? No, absolutely. Which ones have you guys been to? Um, I've been to San Diego Comic-Con since before I had kids. So it had to have been at least 16 years ago, at least for the last 16 years on and off. I mean, for the, uh, on and off for that, I've been to Anaheim's, uh, 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 Long Beach convention, I'm sorry, the Long Beach Comic-Con, uh, the LA Comic-Con when it was still called Kamikaze until somebody figured out maybe not call a group of people Kamikaze. Great play on words at the time, but in retrospect, like, oh, he's going to rename it LA Comic Con. I was like, yeah, I've been to that Star Wars celebration. Yeah, I've been to. Sorry. H? No, that's great. Uh, I've been to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, okay, if we're going to get specifics, I've been to Comic Con. Uh, I have a San Diego Comic Con. I've been to LA Comic Con. I've been to Long Beach Comic Con. I've been to WonderCon. I've been to Designer Con. 
Uh, I've mm-hmm. been to a lot of smaller, you know, collectible conventions, and I've been to E3. So, like, I've oh, dude, yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I remember, I was working when I went. So, um, I mean, just seeing. I I think this, the the main thing that we always have to get with these things is like there's just one main thing that we can get everybody together with, and it's like yeah maybe there's like the reason that you're going for particular conventions is different from other people, but we're all there at the same venue. And so eventually everybody just, you know, tends to understand that we're all here for a singular purpose. And that is to enjoy what we like and to share in the enjoyment with other people who are like, like-minded with us. Yeah. And I thought that was so amazing. And uh, okay. So WonderCon was my first convention comic convention and i have to just like shout out to earl friend of the show and uh he's the one who invited me he gave me a a little pass like i have a badge with my name on it um so thank you so much earl for you know providing the means for me to experience this wonderful like event uh earl was there promoting a movie that he was in it's called oh speaking of filipino filipino american (laughs) movies he was promoting a, a movie that he was in called Lumpia 2. It's, it's the second one. Um, so yeah, and he was kind enough to invite me and I got to su- not only support my friend, but enjoy, enjoy the floor. And and that's what really took me by surprise because yeah, okay, a lot of it is let's um, let's sell some stuff. And, and a lot of this stuff was, you know, I don't want to you know, make it sound bad, but a lot of like generic kind of like made in China, like not handmade, like it's it just, I want to, I just want to call it like plastic crap. And then that's fine. But also, and that's fine. If you enjoy that, I'm not shaming anybody. I have a lot of plastic crap, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, a, a lot of it was like, uh, it, it was repeated down, down several booths, but there was also like artists alley where you could meet the artists behind a lot of your, a lot of the comics that were represented there, comic books, um, publishers, et cetera, that were there. Um, so that was, that was kind of cool. And also, I mean, not just plastic crap, but you know, people who were like hand, you know, who were painting on the scene, who were drawing on the scene. Um, and I, and that's what I love. I love like art. <laughs> I love art. You know, you know, Trish, the more that you point that out, you would love Designer Con. Because design, Designer Con is exactly that, where it's just a yeah. bunch of artists and it's like, hey, this is what I made. And then uh, I'm selling it. Not like, oh, here's a t-shirt that we could purchase at Hot Topic. This is a t-shirt I made specifically for this event. Like, yes, and that and that's cool. And I would go. And now that I got a taste of a con, like I only want to do con. However, I mean, I don't have any space on my walls anymore. There's only <laughs> there's only so much wall space <laughs> in, uh, you, in my you, house. You say this to if you look at the background of both of our things here. Uh, I know. Obviously, I know. Louis, I'm, you guys I'm, can't see. It's a, we're a, we're an audio podcast, not a visual oh, one. Yeah, yeah. But Louis is, is standing in front of his stand. Oh, I, I can't. Oh, there's my, my camera. There's my show. Um, my That's room my is show. my place is too messy to show anything <laughs> but like there's toys and posters and memorabilia all over this place because that's a thing like um before when people would just buy stuff it's like oh i'm buying stuff to play with it it was never like 
um, or I'm buying stuff to sell it. It was never I'm buying stuff to collect it because I enjoy it, like the aesthetics of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that just that's a that's a weird phenomenon that has just happened within the last maybe 20 years. 20 years. It has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like before then, if you would purchase something, you'd be like, oh, I lost it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I finished playing with it. Somebody else has it or I just threw it out. And now it's like there's nothing people want to throw out anymore. Yes. Yeah. Storage, storage uh, rooms uh, like storage wars are, are another thing that people should be collecting as well. Because, you know, some of us are just running out of space here. Seriously. Uh, also, I remember we were at Dennis's house and I guess, um, uh, and uh, his daughter had a pop, a vinyl pop thing, right, in a box. And like jokingly, I was like, just take it out of the box and play with it. And Dennis like shot me the meanest <laughs> look. Like, how dare you? No, this is not opening. No, you know what? Don't even touch it anymore. Put the box down. Like <laughs> you're creasing the box. <laughs> it's not big condition anymore. <laughs> Jokingly, I said it because I don't I I open all the boxes. I throw away all the boxes. So take that, people. <laughs> I, I am very conscious that uh, Kersia was pooping on plastic collectibles while I'm literally standing in front of all my plastic collectibles. No, no the thing I have, I have all the plastic crap, but my going back to my point, it was just like a lot of the same things. I think yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah. trying to say. Yeah. Right. So you, there were so, so you, many boots. But you liked it when you saw something that stuck out because it's completely different. Absolutely. When I saw the artists there, I mean, I, I bought some stuff at WonderCon. I bought a print. I'll show you the print later, guys. But I got a print, met the artist, talked to the artist. I got a, I got a pin. I got pins. I'm a big pin collector. I got pins. I met the artist. Um, I actually, you, Louis, you went to the exhibit. I was, I met Le Petit Elephant, that girl who does that. Oh, you did. Yeah, oh, she was my, wife, my wife is so jealous of you because we went to their exhibit and she wasn't there, even though she was advertising. Uh, like, I know she's like on vacation but yeah i met her she was at wondercon uh she, she's also a big bts fan so like we were talking about bt i wore a bolo tie like i like she we we were talking and she was your best friends very now. Cool. your best friends now your i friend. i wish hi can you can we, get, <laughs> can we be best friends please um you're really cool i like your artwork okay <laughs> um but that also bring i wanted to talk about this quickly and kind of compare the two um, another thing that I was lucky to experience, and I know that I talk about BTS a lot, but <laughs> I was able to go, I know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I was able to go to their um, Permission to Dance concert in Las Vegas. Um, and when we talk about a fandom, a culture, it, it just reminded me so much of, of WonderCon. And um, and here's why. <laughs> I, know, I know this is like too two ends of a nerd spectrum but one thing I noticed at WonderCon was like the diversity right and Harold mentioned this earlier the diversity of the people in that in that hall in those halls um all there in the same space under the same roof for uh, the same thing like generally the same thing that was amazing and and that's what I experienced at be at the in Las Vegas, not even just at the concert. I experienced that in like around the city of Las Vegas. Um, I uh, 
uh, we went to a restaurant, my friends and I went to a restaurant and then met BTS fans in line. It was a long line to, to get in. And this uh, mother and daughter uh, were in front of us. And, and um, so they got their table first. Turns out we were, you know, while we were in line, we were chatting, we were excited about the concert. They went to the concert the night before, you know, we were just talking and these are two people I would never talk. They're from Iowa. Like just, and it was just great to have like a conversation with people outside of our circle because we're, we find that common ground on the same thing. So they were seated first and they were seated at a large table and they invited us to sit at their table so we can continue the conversation and like, you know, get to know each other a little better. We ate, we shared food, we had Korean barbecue, you know, like it was just a great experience. And we, you know, started following each other on our social medias. And now we're like commenting on each other's posts and like sending, you know, messages back and forth. Just like, it just felt so cool to be in a city (laughs) and still have some familiar, familiar, can you help me from, familiarity familiarity thank you <laughs> i just got so excited my pronunciation gets you you, you guys listen to the, to the listen to the show i always get that um get words kind of like i, I can't say it sometimes but anyway um but that's kind of like the beauty of these fandoms right and i feel like that's the central theme that we're going to talk about here and we are talking about it but the diversity in it have you guys had any experience with just connecting with people that you would never ever think to connect with absolutely I think some of my favorite memories I can't put my finger on which year it was but it's so funny that you talked about your experience going out to eat because that's the same thing that happens at comic-con it's so funny how like you it's so when you went to Vegas, I'm assuming when you went to, I, I'm not sure what hotel you went to or what, where the venue was, but I'm assuming everybody walking towards there already knew we're here for the BTS concert. So yes. you have to, yeah, you have to pull yourself back and imagine San, downtown San Diego during the peak of Comic-Con, it's the same thing. You drive in there, you know that's what's happening. So I've had a couple of moments before where, yeah, you're walking around, you're not even at the convention center anymore. Uh, anymore. Uh, the, the unfortunate part about San Diego is parking is really rough. So if you go to Comic-Con there, you have to walk up certain streets to find parking off-site. Um, and I've had plenty of times where you're walking past somebody and you see the giveaway bag. It's a huge, it's it, whatever year that is, it's got a huge giveaway bag. You look at each other, you give a knowing nod, and it's like, it feels like family. It's so weird. It's, it's a weird phenomenon that I really, I, I, I encourage everybody and anybody who's listening to this to please go to a con once in your life. It's one of those things that I really feel like you got to go to just to feel the energy, the weird, it's not even the energy, the weird energy of being surrounded by these fanatical, uh, almost cult-like nerds who just really love uh, these things with a passion. So it's, funny like just, like I said just, just walking down the, the street you see somebody else with the same bag that you might have or you, you might not even have the bag you're just wearing a t-shirt that says like Nightwing or has a, uh, the Teenage Ninja, Ninja Turtles and then you just have that knowing glance and it's there's such a positive vibe to it so that, I, I, it's funny because I don't go to concerts as often as you do Krish, but I'm assuming that's how that's, how, that's the kind of the same energy of going through one of these things where you like you follow uh, these musicians or whomever for you know months on end you listen to their albums from front to end 
and then you finally get to them. You you finally get to a venue, you see them live, and you're surrounded by like-minded uh, like-minded fans. So uh, I, I think that's it's funny because I've never thought about it that way. Like it's probably the same energy. So it's it's kind of fun how you, you went to those two things in a month, and you're still standing. So congratulations. I, it was it was a lot to take in, um, but but you're right, and I I think it it was a little different from concerts. I feel like concerts there seems to be like a homogenous group of people maybe mm -hmm. you know me I saw for example I saw Pearl Jam and you you kind of get the homogenous kind of like mostly white mostly like older people you know like it, it just seemed so much more diversity at at WonderCon and at the BTS concert and it's funny that you mentioned San Diego because right because uh for SDCC there it becomes its own city, mm -hmm. right? San Diego is like transformed to co like Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. You have all those like themed events, right? You have people, I don't know, I've never been, but it seems like a whole like different world, mm -hmm. right? And you're just surrounded and inundated with things that you're a fan of. And that's what happened in Las Vegas, right? They had like themed hotel rooms. They had restaurants like selling restaurants that weren't normally selling Korean food, selling Korean food. They, the Bellagio Fountain played BTS songs. Like I thought you were going to say hour. the Bellagio Fountain was uh, making Korean barbecue. <laughs> and then just like spewed, spewed yeah. <laughs> And then we all caught it in our mouths and enjoyed it. That's a different it, was it was delicious. That's a different word that starts with a B and a U, but it's not oh, yes. Oh, I Stop it, Carol Bros. Um, but yeah, it, it became its own little world and everything, like a lot of the lights turned purple. It was it was amazing. Harold, you want to talk about anything about diversity that you've experienced or connecting with people that you won't normally connect yeah, with? Yeah. So it's weird because we people pretty much know that we're not the youngest people in the world anymore. We're a little bit seasoned, if the word <laughs> seasoned be a. We look young though. We do, and um, <laughs> a lot of my friends for the past couple of years have been like, "I look so much better than I did when I was in high school and college," because, like you know, back then, um, it's, you know, just not the best life or health choices, but. Um, people had been like, Oh, you know, what have you been doing? I was like, well, I kind of just work out like every day. Um, but I still eat because I, I don't want to be a, you know, a stick. I need to be strong. But um, So a lot of my friends from high school, which is the weirdest thing is they, I, I, first of all, I'm not the person who posts their workout because I, I just do my work and I get out of there. I don't really, uh, I don't, I mean, if people take pictures and things, it's not, it's never coming from me. It's always externally, but my friends, they are kind of the opposite where it's like, they show their workouts, they show, you know, um, them actually doing the workouts and stuff like that. So like, and, um, a couple of my friends, they compete in, um, like lifting events and stuff. So it was like, Hey, like I would so not subtly, I would like just, you know, comment like, Oh, you know, what are you doing? Or, um, uh, like one of the girls is like oh that looks heavy how much are you lifting and, and then you know just to be humble I'd be like yeah that's like pretty much close to where I'm lifting so you know um and it's funny because it's the girls who 
I was friends with in high school, but I wasn't, I was kind of close with one of them only because her last name was the name, the next name to mine. So I literally <laughs> shared lockers with her all the time. And to be honest, in high school, she was cute, but she was literally a Pearl Jam fan. So it was like, she never, she was covered up all the time. No one had any idea that she was kind of a hottie underneath. Like she was like, literally like she's all that but it took her like 20 years to turn into she's all that and, um, <laughs> did she just take off her glasses <laughs> no she no she just actually wore clothes that accentuated really great features apparently Cause, oh girl, no because like in in high school I, this is a girl that i've known since first grade and so 12 years of schooling together you know always just been good and friendly with her but then a few years ago, people were like, hey, dude, are you looking at it? Because, you know, we're creeps. But anyways, <laughs> like my friends would be like, hey, man, have you checked out her Facebook posts? Uh, you know, she's like, where did this come from? And like all of us were like, we just never knew. It's not that we weren't friends or anything, but we never knew each other in that kind of way. And it was like so many people were like saying the same thing. So when our high school reunion came around, people were literally like oh i wonder if she's gonna show up and if she's still kind of a you know an attractive single woman at you know the you just imagine 20 years after you graduated from high school you know how old you're supposed to be um so <laughs> but i was like literally like oh yeah she's attractive but at the same time i'm interested in your workout i want i like <laughs> i'm like i'm like first of all you're letting a dude film you in really awkward angles and you're okay with it that you know more power to you but i would never have those kind of shots um so it was just like uh every day she'd be like i want to hear what your comment for the day is or what do you think of my choice of music because you have she she's like you have a really good um taste in music because you know songs that like most people wouldn't she's like remember in high school i was always into k-rock and you're one of those people that was one of the few people in our class that were like dude i know those songs i listen to those songs but at the same time yeah i listen to a lot of hip-hop and you know slow jams because i'm filipino but like she would be like okay what do you think of this choice of song and then it's like oh and i i was really thinking to myself i was like are we like friends again like i know we weren't friends for like 20 or 15 years and so but like and we'd always been like cordial because if we go like we're going to talk about this in sadly another place but like if we go to the same school for 12 years with the same people you get to know them pretty familiarly and it was just like oh this isn't one of those things that you know I never expected that to be the thing that reconnected us and then I see that my other friends are doing the same things and I was like one one of my classmates is uh, like she's a mother of two and she's in the best shape of her life better than when she was in high school and then I was like oh I see your workouts you know, and then she's like, okay, this is my workout for the day. What's your workout for the day? And then it's like, I know it's a douchey thing, but it's just something that like, for me, it's, it's been a hobby for the past couple of years. And mm -hmm. I'm always interested to see if people, you know, kind of take to doing the same thing that I do at the, like a similar commitment or, you know, you're, you're, um, you're exerting a lot of time and effort towards just this one particular hobby. It's, you know, it's pretty much a hobby. So to see that, you know, I, I kind of got uh, a little bit closer to these people who originally we pretty much had nothing to talk about for the past 20 or so years in the past couple of years been like, 
uh, every, you know, not all the time, but, you know, every couple of weeks, it's like, hey, so how's everything going over there? And like, you and it's just like those other things where it's like you kind of make plans with people, but you never make plans with people. Right. So mm-hmm. and, and you guys know me. I'm pretty much now these days. I'm very antisocial. So even if they did say, hey, let's go meet up, I'd be like, you know what? Probably not. <laughs> but like, you know, virtually I'm there for you. <laughs> much like now we are virtually there for each other right now. We are. We yeah. are. See, that's awesome. I think that's so cool how our different interests have introduced us to new people that we've never had an inkling or never thought that we would, you know, get closer to, but also like have, we've made like reconnections with people. It's funny that you mentioned, Harold, it's funny that you mentioned people from high school. I have been in contact with two people, two ladies who I went to high school with. They were a year older than me. I think they're actually in Dennis's class and I kind of wish that he was here, but do you remember them? Barbara and Jay? Isn't that I've been talking to That's them cool. Every day since is it Las Vegas? Okay, so you know how like um we me and Chris have had this thing on the side where we talk about older people that we knew from like uh school and stuff and <laughs> like later that day that would be the Facebook friend request is like the people yes. we're talking about like cuz we know <laughs> yes. our phones are listening to us because <laughs> you said the second name that you said that will probably will it's Jay but whatever her last name is nowadays that that like suggestion has been up for the past three weeks and i'm like my and you say this because they're dennis's classmates those are also my sister's friends (laughs) i forgot i forgot yes because i know dennis is way older than my sister but they're in the same class the same 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 class exactly but oh my god Uh, yeah it's and oh my gosh and then i they put they sent me a couple pictures from jay's debut that i went to and oh my god, <laughs> it was like 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. The last time I saw them, either one of them was probably 1995 when they graduated from high school. But yeah, I just love that you can find people again and uh, you can connect with people again and find people again. Like that's amazing. And that's only something, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, a few things can can bring out i i don't know actually it could be a lot of things really because everyone's into different things yeah absolutely i mean uh i I don't have to share the same shared experience with you guys uh i went to a filthy casual uh public school but uh you know one of actually one of the conventions i didn't talk about and one of the other interests that are i'm into was um sneakers so uh, uh it's another one of those um I, I wish I could quote Kershaw uh, uh, verbatim, uh, but like dumb plastic collectibles. But it's sneakers <laughs> is another one. Of, <laughs> cheap plastic crap. Uh, you know, it's another sneakers are, is another one of those things that like you, you grew up in the '90s watching Jordan and Bert, Barkley and all them play uh, play ball, and fast forward to now, it's like a huge industry. And you know, to, to tie it back to friendships and fandoms. But like one of my uh, good high school friends that unfortunately we, we fell apart, we fell out for a bit, uh, we went on different paths. But uh, recently, or like a few years back, uh, our love for sneakers is what brought us back together. It was something that we didn't know we both loved and appreciated. Yes, uh, he actually is one of our few followers and he's actually pretty active on all of our socials. So shout out to Eric. Um, you know, he played ball in high school. He made it all the way to varsity. I was a 
Uh, I was a scrub who stopped playing after freshman year. But, um, you know, like it was 20, you know, tw- almost 20 years later, uh, five or so years ago before Comic-Con or before uh, quarantine, like uh, there was this, uh, th- there's a thing at Anaheim called the Sneaker Con, which is exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's a convention of uh, like-minded sneakerheads. And he, out of the blue, because I posted something about Noah loving sneakers and I got these Kyries and da-da-da. And he was like, hey, dude, like, I'm going to go check this place out. Do you want to come? And he has a son who's about Noah's age and he's in the sneakers too. And yeah, it's just crazy. To me how, like, again, that nostalgia is so addictive and it's so powerful, actually, that it brings you uh, people from, uh, like, like you guys said, you know, we did share a common path in high school as soon as. Uh, you know, congratulations, move that tassel to the left and you graduated. As soon as that happened, we split apart, uh, uh, you know, did whatever it is. And then fast forward to dec- literally like decades later and we're, 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 we're bonding over, again, dumb pieces of plastic that in China and something new. five bucks to make. But now they're like a thousand bucks because, uh, you know, because Kanye put his autograph on it or, you know, it's, it's called the Yeezy now. So it's like, dude, that's crazy. But yeah, so it's it's crazy how that can bring people back together. And uh, you know, and actually to, to kind of bring it back to this conversation too, if I may, um, speaking of fandoms and not that it's too nerdy, but our love of books. Uh, I think one yes. of the best one of the best things to come out of quarantine is the little book club that you know Kersha and I and a few of our other friends have kind of recollected. And I know it's ironic saying that because I don't think we've met in the last few months. But it is one of those funny things where it's like uh, growing up in Burbank, um, this is going to be my sob story. Let me pull out my smallest violin. After school, when I didn't have when I didn't have a lot of friends, I would go to the Walden Books in the mall or go to the Virgin Next store where they would sell like little, or they, they had displays of books. And I would just hang out by myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Virgin, I'm sorry, the uh, Barnes and Nobles in Burbank. And I would just hang out by, by, by myself, waiting for, for a ride home or waiting for my dad to get off work so I can uh, go home with him. And it's just one of those things that I'm not well read. I'll be perfectly honest. Some of our friends, Dennis, even he has like a, a freaking sh- shelves of books that I'm sure he's read. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a casual reader, but like I love losing myself in books and losing myself in in those kind of imaginary places or even, you know, in, in words. So like fast forward to the last two years when I honestly would not have asked or would not have imagined the book club that we had. Because I mean, Kurja, of course, I knew you in college. Uh, you know, the other, the other, our other friends who have been on the show too, Ivy, Dan, Michelle, uh, Cherry, Dennis, obviously. Like, we, I would have never thought that, like, oh, you guys also like reading? It's like, and we've never done book clubs before. So this is kind of like, again, a fandom that I never expected to bring these uh, disparate people uh, together. I mean, uh, I play fantasy football with the H here with all the other husbands. And that sounds kind of cliche. Of course, a bunch of, like, 40-something-year-old dudes, of course, are going to play fantasy football. But to be with a group of other like-minded, uh, you know, educated and well-read uh, people in a book club i mean are you saying cool. that we're not educated or well-read because we play hey, fantasy dude, football? We, we read those uh those those fantasy draft uh you know stat sheets uh <laughs> to be well, fair you know, I'm, I'm i'm in a baseball a fantasy baseball league <laughs> dude, that's too nerdy for me that's <laughs> that's too much <laughs> It's a lot. It's a See, lot. there's a lot of reading in that one, Lee. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of stats and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm just getting demolished every week. But but that's <laughs> a great point. You know, there are nerds for everything. Sports nerds, working out Sports nerds. nerds. You know, uh, whenever I post like any art art stuff on my Instagram, it I always hashtag it art nerd. I'm an art nerd. Um, so that brings me to my next question. 
and I want to discuss this with you guys. Is there such a thing as like a, a nerd nerd anymore? Like the stereotypical, like growing up, you know, the our ideas of what a nerd was was someone who was kind of like an outcast, who was quiet, who was, you know, um, awkward, who was into science, you know, like I mean, those are like the stereotypes that I can remember, you know, growing up and they were kind of like, it was kind of like a derogatory term, you know. But I think now we've kind of like flipped the term on its head and now it means something else. And um, because it's funny that I mentioned like sciency as a stereotypical, quote unquote, stereotypical nerd thing. There are freaking science rock stars now. You know, there are there <laughs> like they're just like more popular. And I don't know. I, I don't know. This is just like a question that I, I have today and I. Do you guys have an answer for it? Is there is there a nerd nerd anymore? I, I, I will kind of, I'll, I'll start with this really quickly. Um, literally, I think the fact that when Comic-Con went mainstream is when they ruined the term nerd. Because like for a lot of people, that was their, their um, like their salvation. It, it was It was the thing that made everybody feel comfortable with being who they were but then you have it infiltrated by people who are there literally just for like uh like the clout or or you know um for the the not even the pop culture anymore it was just for um it was about going there because it was the thing to be at it was the new like vegas club um Mm -hmm. it wasn't about going there to celebrate nerd culture anymore and in fact a lot of the people that would go there would go there like they'd say they'd be going there unironically so they could make fun of those people and i was like uh you know you kind of i think that's why a lot of people nowadays they as much as they love the big conventions they love smaller conventions a because it's more intimate b um you know not as many people around so it's you know you can feel free to be a little bit more of yourself there um and no one is there to judge you because as much as we'd like to believe that giant conventions like that there aren't people who are literally like um, super proud of their costumes or they're proud of the, their purchases. Mm-hmm. There's people like right next to them, just making fun of them the whole time. And it, it's an unfortunate side effect of going mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel as usual that a uh, big bang theory ruined the term nerd for everybody else <laughs> because the big bang theory ruins everything. Um, like those were, I, I always say that they, they're like the low hanging fruit, the lowest common denominator in terms of nerds. It's like, Hey, we're scientists. So obviously we're nerds because we're scientists. We have to like comic books. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, like maybe some of us weren't scientists growing up, but like science, some of us like math. Some of us ended up doing cultural dancing where we were outcasts because people were like, dude, why would you do that when you can be doing so much cooler things? And it's like, well, I like this. And I like learning about my culture and stuff. It's like, you can like you can find pride in everything but at the same time when there's always going to be people who are going to be looking down on you for your choices for like um in terms of things that you like or things that you like doing so like nerd now is not the derogatory uh, term that it used to be because like you said um everybody uses it people can use it for anything and they'd be like oh yeah you know they're just that just means that they like it so it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. but when you literally, really, really like something, it's like nowadays you can just get away with it. And people will be like, yeah, you're not a nerd for it. You're just someone who likes what they like. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, you're right, Courage. I think the uh, there's been a shift in the term, but I think the existence of those people, the outsiders, the uh, the people on the uh, on the cusp, they still exist. Um, they're they're called is, dorks. We call them right. dorks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's such a weird perspective having a teenager at home because uh, I see both ways. Because those kids, Did you say you loners, go both ways. Yes, sometimes. What? What? Okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Yeah. Right what was the sound those things? <laughs> but like you know, those those kids in middle school when we were in middle school, it's you know it's it's the same story. There's still gonna be those kids hanging out in the lockers by themselves like you see you still see them um as that kid in middle school when i was uh, you know when i first came here and i had no friends like i have like a weird spidey sense of like oh that's that kid that's that's the kid like he's that that's the kid who has no friends or maybe he has one of your friends but after school is really awkward because all the other all the cool kids are hanging out and playing ball or the other uh, cool kids are like playing music and he's just waiting for something anything to happen for him um, so maybe they're just not called nerds anymore, but they're still there. You know, the loners and the losers and the ones that don't have friends. But I, I think you're right. The, the the shift has happened, and yeah, so it's it's more acceptable, I guess, to to be into the stuff. But I guess it's just also like, you know, people have opened their eyes to the beauty of pop culture or like the stories. I think that's what it is. Like when we when we, the stuff, I'm, I'm looking around my room or my my cave now, and like, why am I? Why are there so many Star Wars stuff? Why are there so many like Iron Man stuff? Because because the stories are there. It's like such great stories. And maybe that's that's what's uh, finally made mainstream. It's like the fact that it get past the, 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 the colorfulness, the colorfulness and the costumes and the gar- garish uh, dialogue or whatnot. But like there's solid stories. And that's, that's something everybody can uh, can kind of uh, get into. So maybe that's why uh, that's what nerd is now is like they people have bought into the stories and are, are you know, paying tickets or selling out movie theaters to watch Spider-Man now and, you know, or, or, or blue cat aliens, uh, you know, uh, on a distant planet. So, yeah, sci-fi and pop culture and nerdy culture is still out there. And, yeah, maybe there's just been a dichotomy shift. Part of me tries to imagine is, like, like maybe in the 60s or 70s, I wonder if it's the same thing for those, like, people who used to just play sports for fun. And then, like, sports became, like, mainstream and, every, like, it became a huge industry. So, like, like what Harold was saying, like, once... Once, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, blew up as Iron Man and like, oh, there's a whole industry here. Like, we should take advantage of it. Like, now it's become mainstream. Like, it's it's hard to put that genie back into the bottle. Like, there will never be in Comic-Con, uh, I mean, short of a pandemic that literally shut it down. Like, Comic-Con will never be the little mom and pop, you know, one hall, couple of tables kind of convention where you can sell comic books. Now you have to have like a superstar. You have to have Timothy Chalamet. Uh, debuting the new trailer for Doom 2 or, you know, or or or, uh, or, or Jason Momoa, you know, in, in the Aquaman costume. Because otherwise, if you don't have that, then no, nobody's going to come out. But um, I digress. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, just, it's just changes colors, I guess. So, yeah, they're still there, but um, just a different uh, context, I guess. I really it's fun to see where it's gone, though. It's fun it, to see. Have you heard what they're calling the Dune sequel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dun, dun. <laughs> it's a lot of order sequel, yes. <laughs> Sorry, has it been announced that Timothy Chalamet will be at Comic Con too? <laughs> it's now Christmas. Uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> this whole hello. time? I am buying tickets now. Excuse me. 
I just wanted to say something really quickly is like yeah um with Lou you know mentioning like all the loners and the kind of the the outcasts I, I never called them losers but I always call them outcasts those are the people who I always wanted to be like I want to make this guy my friend because like as as much as I am an antisocial person now I was semi-social in high school and college so mm-hmm. as I much I don't believe it shush. I, we took you in shut up dude you literally have like half a dozen like clicks bro so i don't know yeah, yeah dude don't, don't so, much, so many group chats it's true no no don't i mean but the, i was never popular in high school and i only came cool with like a couple of groups of friends and then that just grew whatever whatever but like to be honest we, we know where we met in college or for the most of us where we got close in college was because we were in the same filipino group together and it always felt like a lot of times where me being coming from the cultural side it was like i had to work really work my way up into being like socially accepted as just the person as me instead of just the guy that teaches everybody dances and song, songs and stuff so i would see people who are not getting uh you know they, they were like well, I'll hang around with you guys, but I mean, I'm not very comfortable here because I don't know anybody. And I'd be like, dude, we're all, you know, we all share the same pretty much very similar cultural backgrounds. We might as well uh, get to know each other. And it was like mm-hmm. when people talk about people that they don't, uh, they, they say, oh, do you remember this person from when we were in college? And a lot of people be like, no, I'd be like, yeah, dude, I remember them because, uh, you know, when they needed help with stuff, I was like, you don't. If no one else is around to help you, I'm, I'm willing to help you there. So like, that's kind of where my stance has always been is because I was the person coming from the loser side and the kind of the like, you know, that kind of side, it was like, you know, work your way up into the group to make yourself the alpha. So now everybody needed me. So up until they needed me, I was pretty much uh, just a regular outcast like everybody else. So welcoming them in is my plan and it has worked to perfection. <laughs> there is there is a plan all along yeah to be popular <laughs> with dorks but i mean that, that's and, and i think about the i think about i think about college harold and and you lewis and meeting you guys in college and having known harold ever since we were children um it was kind of fun to have another way to connect with with you harold and it's not just through the Filipino club that we were in, but we also had like, I mean, Disneyland was a big thing. Yeah, I, I, for sure we had that, and just finding, just connecting, and I guess that's that that's what all of this about is about, just making those connections with people, learn and and then learning about them along the way, and then also building and growing friendships, relationships with them, um, and that's and I think that's cool, right? So like being a nerd quote unquote nerd is so much more about so much more about acceptance right because you finally feel seen mm-hmm. how many times have have you said oh my god this person is also into this i feel seen like it, it kind of in a way validates you just seeing oh, yeah. someone alongside with you right so that acceptance about things anything anything that we're into that 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 makes me excited right and that's what's cool about yeah like what's nerds cool nerds (laughs) yeah what's nice about that is because maybe the thing that you were not so much ashamed of or 
maybe even ashamed of like saying I like okay let's be honest me college elementary school high school I was like I like professional wrestling and everybody around me would be like dude it's fake especially my sister she was the worst uh (laughs) proponent of this yeah um she heckled me to this you know she does it to this day I still watch it but it was like one of those things where in elementary school two other guys in my class would be like hey I watch professional wrestling I'm like oh really that's cool and then we'd be like hey you want to like watch wrestlemania in my house i'm like all right and then my the guy who ended up being my best friend was because of the fact that for his birthday every year his dad would buy him the royal rumble because his his birthday came around january so i was like yeah come to my house and he'd be like oh it's gonna be some kind of a wrestling party and no it's just me and him and his brother you know but i was like you know at least we have that in common and then like I figured in high school, I was like, dude, people are going to mercilessly destroy me for this because of the fact that I still watch this stuff. And then it did the whole thing when we were like, right when I was about to graduate, where it became cool again. And I was like, no, it it was cool to me, but you were making fun of me for the past 12 years. And now it's cool again. And you go to college and then that's where we find our friends or it's like, oh, the guys who I end up being the closest with are because we like the same thing with professional wrestling the thing that for so many years i had been like when people are like hey what are you doing and i'm like nothing i'm not doing anything when in actuality i'm watching wrestling and everything it's like now that we have these people together it's like we can make fun of each other together or but we all know have that common thing where it's like okay maybe this person i didn't see anything like that we were ever going to get along with back then but now the fact that, you know, we have a similar interest, it, it like it valid it. Like you said, it just validates your choices where it's like I'm no longer ashamed of things. And now that we have people who are like uh, similarly who have similarly been shamed for so many years and now we can be proud of the thing that we're together. You know, it's always a nice thing to find. It really is. It really is. Lewis, did you have something to say? It's a different it's a different world out there. It's not cliche when they say when you, you know, past high school is a different world. It really is. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have gone through the experience, uh, to share a lot of different things. And, um, yeah, I've been meeting, just meeting the different people who, who share the certain passions. It's just great. So, yeah, more part of the fandom. And yeah, Lewis, seriously, like with you, fandom and friendship, exactly. Like with you, like I, I knew you in college, but I, I don't think I've ever really talked to you. Like, we had like our, our circles kind of like melded together. Like I knew you, I saw you around, but I think now more than ever, <laughs> like yeah. finding a lot of things in common with you and having that opportunity to share and talk to someone about something, you know, there's that ongoing joke here on the pod, how me, Lewis and I have like, <laughs> we talk about a lot of the same things and I, I'm so glad that we have this together because it's also built our friendship. Yeah, fandom yeah, is funny. friendship. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because, like, my wife's actually asked us, "Oh, so what did you encourage you to do in college?" Like nothing. Like nothing. I, <laughs> I, we we hung out for PCA and practice. That's it. She had different group of friends. Like this is the most I've seen of this woman in the last few years. I know, and it's great. I love. I <laughs> I love having our chats, and I mean, you're the only one who t- who who. <laughs> watch some of the shows that I watch so yeah. all I have Lewis. yeah and I still have to watch Pachinko so I'm sorry I'll get to that I'll get to that I promise yeah my wife's okay. looking for a new K she's looking for a new K drama so I think that's I'm gonna try to sell her on that 
it's it's a good one yeah, yeah i mean i uh, i i think that we brought up a lot of different a, a lot of things to talk about it i mean to tie it all together even with like the joe coy movie trailer just having finding similarities in your life projected not just on screen but with people you never expected to share that with I mean how it just makes the world smaller you know like and it's also sharing a little part of you with someone else and you know like I said before building and growing together um I can't help but think how cool that is and how special these moments are like even if you're even even being surrounded by you know everyone at at WonderCon even being surrounded by everyone at the BTS concert it was specific and special and Lewis said it earlier I recommend also going to a convention because you will also feel seen <laughs> because there will be something you'll make a connection with what do you guys think? I totally agree. I think like uh, going back to our book club uh, conversation, I think actually, yeah, oh, I, I dragged, uh, not dragged, I shouldn't say that, but um, our mutual friend, Cherry, uh, when she was our neighbor, we took her out to a con like years ago. And again, she was one of those, like, I don't think she was too cool for school. But <clears throat> the moment she got in there and she saw that, oh, there's Game of, this, I mean, this is at the peak of Game of Thrones. So when she saw somebody cosplaying as the mountain, and somebody dressed up as J.R.R. Martin. I was like, why would you cosplay as the author? Whatever, dude. She fell in love with it instantly. It was like, see, that's it. That's the moment. Like, you don't have to be there for Star Wars or for Spider-Man or for some uh, small niche comic book or whatever. Like, if you find your... These cons are a, a, a great... Uh, yeah, this great diversity of, like, whatever interest they are. Like, for every... Like you said, Curtis, like for every like two dozen tables of the same uh, Luke Skywalker action figure, if you see that precious piece of art that you're like, hey, that speaks to me, then, you know, that's more power to you. And like instead of, yeah, and if that's what you bring home and you frame and you put it in your wall or, or, put, or put it in your cubicle at work to help you, to make you smile, then like the con did its job, the fandom did its job. And, uh, now you're at a, uh, at a happier place than when you were before that. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, um, once in your life, I guess, go to go to a concert, go see a live uh, uh, sports game. Sports game, wow. Uh, uh, a, live, a live game, sports ball. Uh, and go to a con, go to a con. Like, those are great. Like, um, our, yeah, our other friend, uh, Ivy, was also one of our best listeners. Um, I don't think she'd ever be at one, but I bet you she's going to be one of those that's going to be addicted when we take her. Yeah, she's gonna we'll find go something. together. Yeah, she'll <laughs> find something that she's like, I love this here. Like, I knew you would. I knew you would. So, you guys can do your book club there. We totally should. <laughs> Whatever the next Comic Con is. or Yeah, designer con sounds like actually, uh, does that happen every year, H? Or I, it I does. And one of my buddies is always... Uh, either helping a company or he's he's uh showcasing his art himself so that's always like and i'm really proud of everything that he's done because he's done some fantastic stuff that like it blows my mind that this is a guy that chose me to be his friend kind of deal you know one of those Mm -hmm. weird things um but also with the whole fandom thing i just want to make a really quick point is that 
it's kind of nice when you have old friends who you, you have share similar interests with, and then you find out that they are into something that you are into as well, but you had no idea that they were both into it or you were both into it. So like just a quick example is uh, by the time this thing airs, I will have gone to another comedy show with our buddy Mooney because me and Moon, we've been close for like over 20 years because of wrestling and because of movies. And then recently me and him have just been talking. It's like, you know what? I really love stand-up comedy. And this is my favorite comedian. And then when he was like, dude, I love that guy. He has a show coming to LA. Let's go. And then when we're in the car, we're talking. He's like, who else do you like? And I was like, I love John Mulaney. And then he's like, I love John Mulaney. And then I go, Dennis loves John Mulaney. So John Mulaney is performing at the Hollywood Bowl. Hopefully he doesn't get attacked like uh, Chappelle <laughs> did. Yikes, um, yeah. But I mean, um, so it was one of those things where it's like, we knew we were close for so many other things, but now it's like this whole new appreciation of each other because we like this form of entertainment. So um, I hope the show is good. Um, I hope he brings his uh, girlfriend and his baby because I just want to see his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's always, you know, it's the it's the interests that we don't expect. And then when somebody likes it, it's like, dude, there has to be a connection there somewhere. So it's like, yeah. It's like a dating app, except with your friends already. <laughs> but yeah, and I think it's all about to con- uh, It's all about connection. And, and to wrap it up, I think, oh gosh, I had a point. And I, I wanted to talk about and bring it back to how we ended up together <laughs> here on this 10th episode of the Dorkiest Timeline. Like, I love that we found so many things in common that we've been able to do this 10 times, 10 different subjects. And also thank you for inviting me to the other podcast that you guys do. Um, It's just, I don't, I, I just love it. I love connecting, especially, I mean, this all kind of spawned right at the, you know, during a pandemic. So any way to connect, with each other and build this relationship, this camaraderie. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. So I want to, I want to thank you guys <laughs> a little, let me gush a little about you guys. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, the, the, the great thing about just our podcast in general, first of all, like we always say is more people have contacted me that I don't even remember or I wasn't even things close with because of the fact that we have a podcast and it's like they want to you know um, for example on our fan page people who I hadn't talked to in like 20 years or since Lewis's bachelor party they're like very vocal about like a lot of the things that we post and it's like dude it's great that um, we're reconnecting on something that they that we created and that they want to be a part of. So it's like it's the universe that we created, and as much as we f- believe that it's just going to be like a small circle of people, it you know we belittle ourselves saying that we don't have as many fans as we think. We do have more fans than we actually think sometimes, and and it's crazy to think that um, people have discovered us because of those people who are like these are these guys I met like a long time ago, but at the same time, I think you guys would find them funny. So it's like the discoverability because of people who have discovered us from when they knew us back 
in the day and they like what we're doing now. It's just been fantastic. And I, you know, that's why I say, I love the support we get from our, our fans and our listeners. Um, one of these days we are going to try to get more people just to show up like randomly, if we can figure out how to get people to call in. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Lewis, any final thoughts? No, you guys are great. I love this podcast. <laughs> I love friends. I love, uh, I love fandom. Yeah. There's the only two, think... it's the only two F's you need in this world. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and I think with that, we can we can call it i mean that was a great capper there um so thank you guys for sharing i know that we talked a lot about fandom and friendship i want to hear what the listeners think about fandom and friendship i want to hear stories of people that you connected with or reconnected with after so long i love hearing these stories it's just i mean it's just like feel good feel good news to me hearing Mm -hmm. people connect so please share it um this has been another episode of the dorkiest timeline podcast the tangent to the two fan boys and the filthy fan the filthy casual podcast oh my gosh lots of editing um my name is crystal (laughs) this is lewis and i'm harold thank you again thanks guys talk to you next time